From the biggest national names to the hottest local stories, welcome to the Nate Brown Show. Here's your host, Nate Brown. making us a part of your day. Appreciate it. Whatever you're up to today, a little toasty. A little toasty in the Black Hills. It's always a great day in the Black Hills. We know that. And the Nate Brown Show is back. We're live from our downtown studio here on Fox Sports Rapid City. Your sports, your show. The Nate Brown Show brought to you in part by Black Hills Urgent Care. I've been there recently, but not too recently. Whenever you start getting sick, you want to get to Black Hills Urgent Care. They'll get you in, they'll get you out, and feeling better quicker. Two locations, Haynes Avenue, Mountain View Road, and Bacon Park. That's Black Hills Urgent Care. Schedule on your phone for an appointment like I do. You don't have to wait around. You get right in. Schedule on your phone, bhucare.com with the letter U, bhucare.com. If you start feeling sick, get in there. Clinics are safe and clean. Black Hills Urgent Care is the faster way to get better. Open seven days a week. On the Thursday docket, we're ready to go with NFL Insider. The professor drops by. It's a Thursday. We got John Clayton. John Clayton ringing the bell today. We'll get to uh, the professor on tap. Into college football. Uh, Rusty Manziel, 24-7 sports, national college football writer and recruiting analyst. Really good guy to have today with some of this college football stuff popping. We'll get into it. Rusty Manziel live from Georgia. Mitch Sherman's on the way. He's the Husker beat writer for The Athletic. We haven't had Mitch before. He's done a great job throughout his career. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic talking Husker baseball. A little bit of Husker baseball today on the show. Well, you got the regional tomorrow. Huskers got hosed. Win the win the Big Ten baseball title, and then you get thrown to the number one seed in Fayetteville. You're going to go against Arkansas. The number one seed might win the whole thing. We'll get into it. Mitch Sherman uh, of the Athletic Talking Huskers. Into the Vikings side of things with Matthew Collar tonight, Vikings writer, Purple Insider, and down to Denver where the Avs are rolling. Boy, I thought they were going to lose last night. Uh, that got dicey against Vegas, but the Avalanche up. 2-0 against Vegas. Doug Ottawill will talk abs and Nuggets. Nuggets can eliminate the Blazers tonight. I don't see it happening, but they can eliminate the Blazers. We'll see. Doug Ottawill live from Denver. Mile High Sports, he's on the way. Pack show on a Thursday. Let's get you in and make you a part of the conversation. As always, your sports, your show. So you can hit us up there, 720-1067. The number, 720-1067 for you. And the Barons Wilson text line as well. Direct text the show. We'll read those over the air, 720-1067. We'll get to the question of the day and see where people sit on that. The question of the day is interesting. Heavy results so far on social media. Heavy results, and I'm a little surprised, a little surprised. We'll get to our question of the day here in a minute. I want to start the show with this. Underreported, yet, I, because I think it's going to take a while, so, so I don't think people are going crazy today, but this is basically confirming that the college football playoff scenario, which we have four teams right now, four, which I've, I've been saying that's not enough. It's not enough. I can't get to the 16 that people want to do, and some people want this massive tournament for college football in the postseason. I don't think you can get that done, but it is confirming today. Basically, we're getting confirmation that there is going to be a change, 
a, a real change, an actual change, is imminent. This is what happened today. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. Bob Bowlesby checking in. He's on the college football playoff management committee. Um, he just said this afternoon, they're at the point right now where we're prepared to make a recommendation on a potential format change. Okay, so let's walk through this. You know, step by step, it takes forever when it comes to anything like this, college football, playoff committee, NCAA, whatever it may be. Some bureaucratic stuff here. It takes a while to get, but that's a big headline to me. So I wanted to start with, what is the correct number of college football playoff teams? We say four is not enough. I think most of you say four is not enough. What do you think the recommendation that Bob Bowlesby talks about today will be? So Bob Bowlesby, commissioner of the Big 12, we're at the point right now where we're prepared to make a recommendation on a potential format change. Okay? He said, the committee has a suggestion and a recommendation, and we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what comes of it. He continues, there are 11 parties to this contract, meaning there's a lot of folks, TV partners, bull partners, a lot of folks in this hunt. Okay? So he says there's 11 parties to the contract. So we really need to get to some position of practical agreement, and that's not easy to accomplish. In the meantime, the good thing is the four-team playoff is clearly superior to any of the predecessor structures. Okay, so they said the committee, the college football playoff committee, went over 60 different models. Okay, they went over 60 different models looking at various things, all the variables, and seeing what they wanted to come out of this. And what comes out of it today is... Bob Bowlesby saying, well, we're going to make a suggestion and a recommendation, so I'm just going to make my recommendation. I think it's an easy one. I mean, it's so funny. It's interesting. You know, I just do this little show, Fox Sports Rapid City, South Dakota, trying to bring a little common sense sometimes to these big structures and big conversations. I know you can't be a simpleton all the time, but here's here's the Here's my recommendation. College football playoff committee. Instead of looking at 60 different models and nuances and all these things, that, oh, you got to look at this. Yeah, I, I understand there's uh, contracts and complicated things to work through, but here's the easy solution. College football playoff committee. Are you ready? And I'll see if you guys agree with this. Right now we have four. That's not enough because we always – battle and argue over this team being left out and should Notre Dame be in there when they roll and should they get a second SEC team and the whole thing that, that goes on, which part of that is for the publicity, the promotion of the sport, and the value of the regular season. So part of that, they, they kind of like the four. But I think we got to double it. And I think that's a really easy thing to achieve. You double the college football playoff number of teams from four to eight. And I have the specifics for you. It's, it's very specific. I'm going to hold firm on this. I was thinking we'd just get to six. Now I think you have to get to eight. And here's the eight. It's the Power Five conference winners. So end of story. The You win your conference. You're a Power Five school. You're in the college football playoff. That's it. The end of story. 
That gets the Pac-12 in. That gets the Big 12 in. It gets everybody in that should have that seat at the table. And it makes all of those big-timers and the Power Five, which controls this whole narrative, they all get a seat at the table to eat their lunch, okay? They all get to see the so Power Five conference winners. That values the conference. That values the regular season. Because when you start throwing more teams into the college football playoff, which I think their suggestion is going to be, Big 12 commissioner says, "Hang on, we, we, we haven't we haven't decided yet, but we are going to make a recommendation here. When you start throwing more teams in." The worry is, well, you can lose, or you can lose again, and then the regular season every Saturday doesn't matter as much. We love our college football Saturdays. If you're like me, I'm a massive college football fan. Love Saturdays. Love college football Saturdays. You can't uh, go too far that then it doesn't matter as much in some of these big conference games. So Power 5 conferences, the conference champions get it. So there you got five. You're all with me there. And somebody, well, the Pac-12, what if they're weak? This End of story. That's it. Okay? Then you go this. You go one group of five, automatic birth. Is that going to get us in a little bit of trouble? I don't think so because usually every year there's a Cincinnati, a Boise State, Wyoming, not quite, not quite, but, you know, they'll, they'll, they might be in the mix. Um, you heard it here first. There's usually a group of five team that's made a run that should be or, or at least argued to be considered Central Florida back in the day with Scott Frost, right? Cincinnati last year. There's always a group of five team that's right there on the verge. They can't quite get there. The Power Five keeps them out of there. It's not that they can't get there. The Power Five has kept them out of that conversation and in those standings. So I believe that gives the little schools, the mid-major schools, those folks that want to see the David-Goliath story play out, that gives them an automatic berth every single year. I don't know if they're going to roll with this, and that's why you get into these major conversations on a college football playoff committee and they go every which way. Are you going to guarantee a group of five school a spot in the playoff? The power five schools have guaranteed that they're not in the playoff. They've made sure that they're not in the playoff. The power fives controlled the narrative. I don't think it's that big a deal if you have a group of five in there every single year. They're not going to upset the apple cart. They're going to get a little piece of the pie, a little piece of the pie, but I think the pie's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger through the TV contracts, the major support of this whole scenario, the college football playoffs. So throw the group of five a bone. I think it'll make a big difference for the college football fan that we want to see a UCF, a Boise State, a Cincinnati. We want to see how they can stack up against some of the big dogs. I'm going group of five automatic berth. One team, just one team. That gets you six. And then I'll give you the final two are at large. The final two are at large. So that's going to get a Notre Dame. That's going to get maybe another SEC school. Maybe another, you know, so you know, people always say, well, if Alabama makes it, what about Georgia? You know, so there's always somebody in the mix. Well, we had to go through Alabama. That's our only loss this year. And we don't get into the college football playoff. So this gets you to the magic number. We don't need to have any more meetings. There's, 
you know, I've been living my life in meetings until I started this deal. Um, We don't need any more meetings. We don't need much. They're going to have more meetings and talk about the complicated issues and the 60 different models. He looked at it. There's your eight. And it seems so simple. I mean, it really does. And I think it really hits the number. It gets the major players. It gets some teams that stumbled a little bit but are major programs, two at-larges. That's a Notre Dame, a Georgia, whoever. And then it gives you a group of five, little school, big chance. Little school, big chance. It's eight teams. They got it at four. It's eight. The suggestion and recommendations coming from the College Football Playoff Committee, according to Bob Bowlesby uh, today. Thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Hey, what's going on, Nate? How you doing, man? What's up, buddy? Doing good. You know, it's uh, it's Colorado Brett here, so uh, I'm ready. I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. I think uh, I think you've got the right idea. I think what they're going to do to change some of that college, uh, the, the way they're going to do the college standings and things like that, they got to change it up. I mean, you can't have just the SEC always just dominating. You know, no, it's, so, it's Alabama, Clemson ACC. every every year, every year, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Every year, no exactly, surprises. Exactly, but you know, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a mile high kid, man. I'm, I'm straight out of, you know, the, the Denver area. You know, CU is always, you know, up on my, on my radar. They were, they were a good team back in the, back they in the were. day. They uh, were. CU. Yeah, they were. Are you, um, are you excited you know, about? Uh, are you excited about this uh, Avalanche run here? That's what I was going to call and talk oh, to you about, oh, my man. Okay. You know it. Hang on. I got a Colorado guy on later, but, you know, give me your take. They almost got beat last night, by the way, by the way. Oh, man. Well, this team is going to be the only team that's going to be able to beat them. I mean, if they if they can get past oh. the, the Vegas Knights, the, they're basically on the on the run to uh, to the Cup. Wow. Um, they're there's not really any team in the West or and or the East that can that can really match up with them, size, strength, speed. Um, you know, it got pretty chippy the first game. Uh, first game uh, when they were looking at a seven, uh, seven to one. The the you know the Vegas Knights were kind of coming out looking to fight last night. Though I knew it was going to be close last night. I did. Yeah. Well. 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 When they put in Mark Andre Fleury, you're gonna you're gonna get one of the greatest goaltenders on 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 the planet. So I mean, it's gonna be hard to get that puck past him. But you still uh, got you know, a ways still... to go. You still got a ways to go, Brett. But I will tell you, congrats on the Avalanche. Up 2-0. Still a little ways to go. Got to go to Vegas. Okay. Got it. Got to see. Well, I say it's gonna be rough. Yeah. It's, it's it, gonna be rough. It'll be interesting. There's no doubt about it'll it. It'll be interesting, buddy. But, I tell you what, you know, the, with Nathan McKinnon, that dude's got some speed. I'm telling you, that guy's probably the fastest person on ice I've ever seen play the play the game before. So this yeah, team is you know, exciting. Just watching this, that is fun. This brings so, back uh, Sackick and Forsberg and and that type of deal. It, it feels that yeah, way to me. Absolutely. Just, you you put that puck in the circle and somebody's putting a wrist shot on it. It looks like Joe Sackey out there. He's just out there firing away, putting that thing. Just from my just from my time, you know, that's the team I followed, and that's kind of what it feels like again with, with Colorado. But you've already crowned them. Hang on, hang on. This, well, you said if they get through these guys, you say if they get through these yeah. guys, they're they on their way. Get past the Vegas Knights, man. All that's right. it. And Appreciate it, shots, buddy. More shots on goal. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting in. I know. Thanks, I know. We wanted to talk a little Avalanche. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more Nuggets Avalanche uh, coming up. Doug Ottawa is going to join us on a Thursday.
Um, so I think I've solved the problem. I mean, is, is it that easy to solve? Do I have anything wrong in the college football playoff? Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 commissioner, ready to make a recommendation. And then he said, but this is funny. This is classic uh, committees, college. This is classic. Um, don't think an actual change is going to be imminent. <laughs> or no, don't assume an actual change is going to be imminent. So, so but he said, and then he followed up. A suggestion and recommendation is ready from the committee. Okay, well, let's just get it handled. I just handled it for you. I just handled it for you. Eight teams, end of story. Regular season valued, smaller schools valued, power five still dominates, and that's the story for the fan. Eight teams. That's it. Thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. I'm glad you finally came over to my idea from your six. Oh, I was I on six for a while. Two months ago. I, did you? I don't remember that. Re, uh, yeah, review on it. Your review show. it. <laughs> Is this exactly the model? Is this exactly the model right the here? Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Did I just yeah. plagiarize you? Yeah, I'm, glad I'm, to, I'm really glad to see you come over, Nate. <laughs> I must have. I must have lived another life. Maybe I. Maybe but, I got uh, this from you. The one, yeah, because the thing that's always bothered me. The one thing they always, you know, they have this committee with votes, with no, no camera in the room. Nobody knows what yep. happened. It yep. just it gets put in and it always ends up two SEC teams. Maybe maybe it's one out of the four best of the five big conferences, and that's your only chances of what's going to happen. And then they do one year, what was it? I forget which year it was, but Penn State beats Ohio State. They've got the better record. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. go to the eastern side of the Big Ten championship. Ohio State can't get there. And when it comes time to vote, Penn State, they don't didn't think it looked that good in the championship game. Right. They're the Big Ten champions, but I remember we're going to put the Buckeyes in. I remember that one. And um, that's, that's the only thing that I have always – it's like, isn't the whole point of sports the team that wins on the field is the best team? And instead, the committee comes back and says, well – they're probably not really the best team. That's just a one-off. So our scenario would get rid of that, and and I think they're going to lean to this Power 5 conference champion thing, I think, because the Pac-12 new commissioner wants this piece big time. He wants in it big time. So I think you're going to get Power 5 champs, so conference matters. And then I I don't know if they're going to let a group of five in. That's just what I would like to see. I don't don't know if they'll do it. I think you might be what I what I've heard is some people are saying they're looking towards 16 because of the pandemic. Let's get mm. all the money we can get into the playoff. And here's the the thing about that. And they got to split it out too. Well, though. you sort of already have it because if each Power Five conference champion gets to go to the playoff, and it's kind of like your uh, what is that the Sodak 16 that you talk about? Yep. Yep. It's if you've got five teams going to the NCAA football championship because they won their conference, you really already had ten teams vying for that spot. No, and then I if got you that. Put, and then if you put two, the top two, you know, you got Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina this past year, both looking really, really good at the end of the season as the group of five. So you could have those two play off. Now you're up to twelve. And now if you say at the at-large, instead of sticking two in there, we'll stick four teams play for two spots to get down to the eight. But basically it's, I mean, because when you say the Sodak 16, technically it's not the state playoffs, but 
No, it but is it really is. If yes. you win, yes. Yeah, if you win your spot, you're yeah. into the final eight and you're in the state playoffs. So you're almost to 16 as it is. Are you? Uh, but you're in on eight. Just the way, just the, the group eight, of five automatic and the two more yep. at, la- at large. That's, Right? To me, that's the best fit. But if they want to extend it and say, "Okay, we're working," the thing, the the question I've that's going to throw the monkey wrench into the whole situation is: they want are they going to do this with bowl games and move the goal, bowl games prior to the playoffs, like they've done now? In other words, include six or eight more bowl games in. I or, think they're going to have to. I do. Well, I I first. They also want to have the money stay on campus. If you're an, and I think that's what's mm. going to be the fight is somebody like an Alabama is going to say, we know we're going to be in it every year, and we know we're probably going to be one of the top four or five rated every year. So if we say it comes on campus, then we're going to make better money and have better chances of winning because we're going to be hosting a game. That's interesting. I don't know if they'll go down that road because it uh, that really changes the postseason for college football. It really changes it hosting yeah, I mean, games they, like I, that. I know. Yeah. The the other bowl games have suffered to a point. I mean, no, no, nobody cares about a, a pretty no, good game no. because any they they keep their you know some of the players stay out. And I understand it. It's like you're not playing for a national championship. Why take a chance of getting hurt if you think you're a top ten or twelve? Draft pick. I'm, I'm, so, I'm on a roll with I'm on a roll with eight. I'm with you on I eight. Um, yep. We'll see where they go. It sounds like well, it's coming, but um, we'll see how quickly. I appreciate you getting in. Thanks for the review. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, is that uh, was that a lister recommendation? I think so. I'm with him. College football committee ready to make suggestions on format. According to Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby today, but when is when are we going to hear it? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's eight. That's it. That's it. It's eight. All right. Uh, coming right back with the professor. It's John Clayton. Oh, NFL insider John Clayton on the way next. You're listening to the Nate Brown Show. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Nate Brown Show and like us on Facebook by searching Fox Sports Rapid City. Have you hit a pothole or curb with your car? Does your vehicle need an adjustment or have an alignment, shock, or strut issue? Black Hills Tire is your one-stop shop for complete automotive service and repair in the Black Hills area. Trust your vehicle with no one else but Black Hills Tire. Contact Weston, Denise, and the guys at Black Hills Tire, where honesty, reliability, and safety is their top priority. Black Hills Tire voted the number one shop for automotive repair and brake repair and tire store in the Black Hills. Ask about their free pickup and delivery. Black Hills Tire. Check them out online at blackhillstire.com. No one has a handbook for what we're living through today, which is why the experience you have access to makes all the difference in how you make it to tomorrow. For decades, Dakota Bank has worked with ag producers through industry, economic, and regional changes. We're committed to agriculture. We're committed to the producers and families that make our communities great. Go with commitment, experience, and integrity. Dakota Bank, banking, insurance, mortgage, and trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Insurance and trust not FDIC insured. Hello, everyone. This is Todd Singh with Singh Contracting. I'm here to remind you it's time to get that roof done. So what are you waiting for? Give us a call today 
We'll give you our own estimate, separate from insurance, so you can make sure they're taking care of you. Call today, 343-ROOF. That's 343-7663. Or visit us at singcontracting.com. Don't delay. Call today. Bye. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show on a Thursday. Boy, it feels like summer in the Black Hills, huh? Feels like summer. Fox Sports Rapid City here with you all summer long. Thanks for spending some time with us. Appreciate it however much you listen. We appreciate that. If you don't catch all the show, remember the Nate Brown Show podcast available there at foxsportsrapidcity.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, we're out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, the whole thing. Wherever you get it, the Nate Brown Show podcast up and ready. Had Rob Parker on yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Talked a lot of uh, about a lot of stuff with Rob and, and turned into our question of the day today. Should athletes be required to talk to the media? You know, should athletes be required to talk to the media? It's our question of the day today. Let's ask this guy. He's been in the game a long time. John Clayton, NFL insider, Washington Post contributor, and 104.3 The Fan in Denver. John Clayton back on the Nate Brown Show. John, how are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. So answer that question for me, John. You're a media, and I'm, I'm media. Uh, so you're a media guy. We're a little biased. But uh, should athletes be required to answer questions from the media? Yes. And again, I say this as a former president of the Pro Football Writers, is that uh, if you put that dodge in there that uh, you know, they can avoid the interviews, they're going to avoid the interviews. You're not going to be able to promote the sport. You're not going to be able to promote the player. And so it's like you know, they should be required. And if they don't, you know, at some point they get fined. I think that they need to do that in all sports, and particularly in football. I mean, the one thing about football right now, and you made me sort of baseball too, is that you know, everything's being done on Zoom for the most part, for interviews. And so you don't have as many players talking. I mean, at the very most, you know, for example, you only may have like three or four players uh, in the course of a two-day period that are going to be on Zoom. So it's like they get a little bit of a break there. You wonder at some point, uh, will they let the media back in locker rooms? I mean, that's a very important thing because that's where you develop sources. But no, I think it's 100% that they should be forced and ordered to talk to the media. You know what I said yesterday, John? I said, if if you, if they didn't have to, they wouldn't. The, these these pro athletes, they've been told, uh, oh, I don't have to do this. It's almost like they have to be told to do it. They wouldn't do this, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would I would think because you'll have some that like talking, but they'll be the only ones talking. And so basically. If you're covering a team or covering a sport, I mean, you only may have a handful of players that you know will be able to speak up for the team. And again, it's not just a matter of the league; it's a matter of the team and trying to promote the team. And if you don't do the interviews, then uh, the the idea that put that out there it was absolutely wrong. All right, John Clayton. I wanted to get his take on that NFL insider. He's here on the Nate Brown Show. You're out in Seattle. What are the chances the Seahawks? can get Julio Jones. Is that a big uh, possibility? I, I don't think so. I mean, for several reasons. I mean, number one, they have $6.8 million of cap room, and he's got a $15.3 million guaranteed base. Okay, so that doesn't work. 
you know, number two, he's on a $22 million a year contract. And if you bring that contract over, how's that going to go with Tyler Lockett, who just signed for 17, a little over $17 million on an extension? And what's it set up for DK Metcalf, who next year can start negotiating off his rookie contract? And very well is now saying, well, they're going to pay $22 million for Julio Jones. I should probably get $25 million because you know, he was looking like he's one of the better young receivers in the league and he's an explosive Pro Bowl guy after two years. So uh, that's, that's not good. And then thirdly, uh, they did take uh, Dwayne Eskridge in the third, second round. And so now uh, you know, his, I know he's a, he's a rookie. Uh, it's certainly you know, it's going to take him time to be able to pick things up. But again, it's like then you wasted a second-round pick. And so I'd say there's three reasons why it won't happen. Now, again, one thing that John Snyder, the general manager, does, he checks out every deal because you don't know where this is heading. Like, for example, you can see with no deal in trade in two days, uh, there's now a growing possibility that his value comes down in a trade because of the big salary. And because of that, uh, you, know, he, you know, he may go now for less than a second-round pick. And so if you're Snyder, you check it out, but then somebody's going to pick him up. So you're saying the first-round pick's out the window, potentially. It was. I mean, it was at the beginning of this week. I mean, they were asking for a first-round pick at the beginning of the week, and there was a story out there that I think was incorrect that said that uh, there's a first-round offer on the table. Well, if there was a first-round offer on the table, he would have been dealt on uh, Wednesday. It wasn't. So that's off the table. Baltimore pulled out of the negotiations uh, today, so they're now no longer involved. And right now, the only two teams that have the cap room to fit in that $15.3 million base salary are the New England Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. So um, what would you say will happen with Julio Jones, John Clayton, if you, if you uh, are thinking here? Well, uh, you know, obviously they're not going to cut him because, again, if they cut him, they own $15.3 million. Now, obviously, if he signs someplace else, I mean, he'll, he'll get a little bit of an offset, but it's not going to be $15.3 million. So that doesn't help. But also the pressure's on the Falcons to do something uh, and get a trade done, mainly because they don't, they don't have, they have $238,000 of cap room and they haven't even signed a draft choice. And so they can't even sign a draft choice right now until they do something with Julio Jones. John Clayton, NFL Insider, Washington Post contributor. You just wrote a piece on this. I want to go to the Buccaneers. Um, you're basically saying, hey, the Buccaneers, are they the team to beat? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, you know, they they in Kansas City, uh, but I mean, what an incredible job that that team did. You know, because here they sit down at the uh, beginning of the off season and they start to stare at the numbers and all that stuff. You know, they have twenty three free agents. Uh, six of their nine Pro Bowl players were up, uh, and somehow, some way, they were able to work out the contracts fairly. I mean, they they didn't give uh, hometown discounts or anything else, but they worked it out so they kept. 13 of the 23 free agents. They kept all their starters. They didn't cut a player. Think about that. They didn't cut a player for cap reasons. And, you know, they, they just did an amazing, amazing job to get that all done. So now I think that they're pretty well set up. And, you know, you can see that the players want to be there. Uh, it's a talented team, no doubt about it. And in the second half of the season, they were unbeatable. And so I think right now that's the favorite to win the NFC. Um, here's a big story that just came out, uh, John Clayton, on today. Jim O'Donnell of the Daily Herald in Chicago says the Bears may be sold in the near future. What's your reaction to that? Wow. That'll be, that'll be something because 
is going to be out of the, you know, it used to be George Hallis and everything else and the McCaskies and everything. That's, that's remarkable because that's something that nobody anticipated and certainly a big change. And, you know, it doesn't bode well, I think, for the current management, if that's going to be the case, because you bring in new owners, maybe that buys you an extra year if you don't win. But that's stunning news because, again, you know, the Bears have been in the same family for, what, 100 years or so? And so to think that there's going to be a change away from the family ownership to go to a different family are remarkable. By the way, you're in Denver. You uh, Well, you cover the Broncos for 104.3 The Fan. What about the Broncos' ownership situation? This is going to be tough to figure out. It's a family thing, too. It's owned right now by a trust. What's going to happen with the Broncos and the NFL? Well, it depends on how the lawsuits go. I think right now it's going to stay with the current arrangement uh, because I think that they have a stronger case to be able to win the in, in the family feud lawsuit that's there. But uh, you know, like anything else, you go into the courts and you just never know sometimes. You know, I know that uh, you saw with the Benson family, I mean, it was able to kind of stay with the way that they like, and you would imagine that you know, you'd still like it to go the way that uh, you know the previous owner, the late owner uh, was able to go. But uh, you know, that's that's kind of a remarkable to see. But I think right now it's going to stay with the current group. Um, John Clayton on today, WashingtonPost.com, his piece out. Find him on Twitter at John Clayton NFL. And of course, I can't have you on without asking. Aaron Rodgers, any movement at all? Any movement over the next month? No, no movement. But, again, there's, there's just a lot of interesting things that keep developing. Like, for example, uh, the Packers did a very weird deal with, uh, you know, uh, Ronian, their tight end, you know, and gave him a deal. You know, he's a restricted free agent at $3.384 million. But to save cap room, anticipating they're still going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers, so they gave him a $1035 million base and then you know, spread out a signing bonus for five years to save about $1.1 million. That was kind of intriguing. That's seven deals that they've now done to spread out a signing bonus replacing base salary. Then the other thing was that uh, you know, here's Aaron. He's you know, playing the ukulele in Hawaii, and you know, he's still wanting to get out. Then you can also see that uh, Jordan Love is struggling, but he's also struggling because Five of the, the top five receivers aren't there, including uh, Devontae Adams. The top five receivers are not even in the OTAs, and they asked Matt LaFleur about that and said, is this because they're supporting Aaron? He said, oh, I don't think there's any concentrated effort. I talked to all five, which means he talked to all five, and they're not telling him it's a concentrated effort, but it's a concentrated effort. Yeah. Um, that story's going to be a big one. I don't know how it's going to develop or how quickly. Uh, John Clayton, you've been on here before. You said, hey, this may go into the season. You still feel that? I still think so, yeah, because they've got to test him out. I mean, is he going to miss training camp? And, you know, if he misses three preseason games, no big deal. But, you know, he's he's got the money and the resources to be able to, you know, take the fines and take the missed paychecks until he gets something done. And I don't think there's any question that Denver's a team he wants to go to. I mean, his fiance's in Boulder. Uh, he, I think he wants to play for uh, somebody who runs in management like John Elway, just like Peyton Manning did, because now – I mean, if you're a Hall of Fame quarterback working for a Hall of Fame quarterback, you pretty much get your way, which you, you know, he really didn't get when he was in Green Bay with his current management. John Clayton, I'm going to let him run. NFL Insider on today. Find him on Twitter at John Clayton NFL. A good follow. John, thanks a lot. Have a great week. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. John Clayton on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City, the original NFL Insider, the professor today on a Thursday. Um, hitting on a lot of stuff there. Hitting on a lot of stuff. Report just came out. The Bears 
could be having a sale in the near future. The principal owner of the team's 98 years old, Virginia McCaskey, okay, 98 years old. They have a board of directors made up of eight people. Five of those eight are members of the McCaskey family. So some of those folks are saying, we got to sell. So this is, this is what's, that's, that's how this stuff happens. Um, you have some internal strife. You have some internal strife. Uh, we want to stick with it. Uh, 98-year-old Virginia McCaskey, principal owner of the team. No, we need to sell now. And the team's valued at about $3.5 billion. The Bears' value is at $3.5 billion. George Hallis, okay, he's a longtime NFL guy, paid 100 bucks for the team back in 1920. Okay? <laughs> so John was right when he said it's been 100 years, right? Been 100 years with this group. Paid 100 bucks for the team. Huh? They got a deal because of the connections with the NFL. Uh, $3.5 billion is the value, so the McCaskey family's like, that's a pretty good payout. That's a pretty good payout. What they're saying is um, the three most likely candidates to purchase a team. I mean, NFL teams don't come up for sale. They just don't. Very, very rare. The three candidates, Pat Ryan, Jeff Bezos. Oh, you know that name. What's Jeff doing? He just buys everything. Jeff's just buying everything. A little too big. Uh, and Neil Bloom. Uh, Pat Ryan, by the way, is a billionaire. He's already has minority ownership right now. Okay, he already has some minority ownership right now. Pat Ryan, well known in Chicago, so they're saying that might might be the guy. Um, and then you got the Denver Broncos situation. I wanted to touch on that. That's that's dicey. You just got lawsuits going on. That's a, another family affair, internal strife. Brittany Bolins in her late 20s, the team has hired her, and that might be the next owner. Brittany Bolin, uh, Pat Bolin's daughter from one marriage. And then you've got Beth Bolin, who's older, and Pat Bolin's daughter from another marriage. So you got Beth, who wants to run the show. you got Brittany, who's kind of being put in there by the team and slash the trust. And now you've got a situation with the Broncos. And that's, that's going to unfold here over the next year or so that lawsuit there with the Broncos and how they move forward. They're owned right now by the trust. That's three people, including Joe Ellis, who runs the Broncos business side. Okay, That's another one to watch, the Denver Broncos ownership. It's it's really, really dicey situation. Coming right back on a Thursday, a lot to get to tonight. Rusty Manziel is next, 24-7 sports lead college football recruiting analyst. This story in college football right now in June, you don't know this story? I'm going to tell you what's happening in college football right now. It's a mess. That's next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show, streaming live at foxsportsravincity.com and right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City. Danny Manholt Rapid Chevrolet buys cars. You heard that right. We don't just sell cars, we buy them too. We make cash offers to purchase local cars, trucks, and SUVs every day. Tired of listing online? Tired of messages? Or just tired of making payments? Whatever the reason, 
make an appointment at rapidchevrolet.com for a no-obligation appraisal. It's fast and free. When you're ready to sell, we're ready to buy. At Danny Menhol Rapid Chevrolet, Rapid City. We're all going somewhere. Going higher, faster, farther. Going in new directions, to new places. At Monument Health, we keep going so you can keep going. We're dedicated to advanced orthopedic care. With the latest innovations, technology, expertise, and treatment. So keep exploring. Keep making memories. Keep going with Monument Health as your partner. Learn more at monument.health slash orthopedics. Not all trusts fit in a box. We do our best to um, to put a personal touch on each one and really listen to our customers and make sure that we take care of them the very best that we can. We are going to apply the, the best of our knowledge and ability and care to really analyze our situation and find all the best uh, solutions that we possibly can. We customize what we do to what you need. Pioneer Bank and Trust is local. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Remember to catch me weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, back to Rapid City's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show. Nate. Today on a Thursday, thanks for being here. It's always a great day in the Black Hills. We know that. And we're live on Fox Sports Rapid City. Packed tonight. Mitch Sherman coming on. Huskers rider for the Athletic. Okay, Mitch Sherman on the way. The Husker baseball team won the Big Ten. Does anybody know this? I know it's not Husker football, but Husker baseball wins the Big Ten. And then they get thrown into the regional with the number one team in the country in Arkansas. I mean, they just got hosed. The Big Ten got disrespected like you wouldn't believe. Uh, We'll talk to Mitch Sherman covering the Husker regional. They play tomorrow night. Um, He's with the Athletic. He's on the way. Talking Vikings tonight, Matthew Collar, Vikings writer, Purple Insider. And we'll get into the Denver scene. Doug Ottawill live from Denver, Mile High Sports. He's on the way. Okay. Rusty Manziel, a great follow. Love following his work on the recruiting trail. Lead recruiting analyst, 24-7 sports. It's Rusty Manziel live from Georgia here on the Nate Brown Show. Rusty, thanks for coming on. How are you? Good, man. Once you got a chance to catch a midday Atlanta Braves game, and they won today, so uh, got home in time to finish up and do some work tonight. Good. You deserve that. A little little breather. A little breather. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have much time to take a breather, Rusty. i got to no. tell you this. Um, there's stories coming out right now. I just kind of want to get the scene from you. I'm seeing these national stories. Here in June, the recruiting uh, world has the green light, okay, so – Coaches are hitting the trail. I mean, there's a lot of stuff from what I hear after this shutdown, and now you got name, image, and likeness stuff popping. The portal, the transfer portal is just off the uh, off the rails. Um, what's the scene like? Is it as wild as I'm hearing? Well, here's the thing. The coaches aren't on the road, but the prospects are able to go to the campuses now and yeah, camp yeah. in front of guys. So the coaches, they haven't seen these kids in 16 months in person. So, you know, you see Florida State at midnight, Monday night at 12.01. The kids start walking in there to make a big deal out of it. Uh, Georgia has a monster camp with all these five-star prospects 
on, on Tuesday. That wasn't the news for George on Tuesday. It was the transfer portal. We'll talk about that in a second. But as far as recruiting and what's going on, uh, especially in the South, it's such a big deal. These kids are everywhere. Like Clemson has a huge camp today. Alabama had a big one yesterday. So these places are able to work these kids out and see them face-to-face for the first time in 16 months. I've been I've been hearing June right now is just uh, free-for-all. I mean, it is just guys getting after it. Um, so yeah. so I'm going to I'm going to go to the SEC country where you're at. The SEC intra-conference transferring. Um, is this something that you're going to see more of and I'm wondering what people are reacting to. I mean, guys are going from LSU to here and over to Georgia. Um, intra-conference transferring, what's the reaction? Well, you know, it's crazy because these schools, you know, generally recruit against each other so much. And they just say you land this kid and just say Georgia beats Auburn for a kid. And, and at that point, it's usually it's over. You know, very rare to have a transfer, you know, but now – uh, you know, Georgia gets a kid named, you know, gets a kid, Major Burns, in the 2020 class uh, from, from Louisiana, comes to Georgia, plays one fall, and about three weeks ago, he decides to go back to LSU. So, uh, you know, these battles seem to never be over now, and everybody is anticipating the one, the, the interconference transfer rule for to be immediately eligible in SEC. That's not officially out yet, but everybody's expecting that. Uh, you look at you know Alabama taking a player from Tennessee. So with all these things going on, Georgia taking Eric Gilbert from LSU, the former five-star Gatorade National High School Player of the Year, uh, transferring back home to go to the University of Georgia. So it is crazy. This portal's made it crazy. This NIL stuff's going to make it even more interesting. And then you got camps and oh by the way, official visits start this weekend. So everybody's got people on campus all week long. Rusty Manziel, 24-7 sports recruiting analyst here on the Nate Brown Show, talking this college football scene um, right now in June as it really cranks up on the recruiting side. So give me give me the, the real story. You said, okay, we're anticipating the, the one-time transfer thing. So take me step-by-step step here. Is, are things just not quite official, but guys are making moves well, anyway? No, no, it's official for, for you know, if, if a kid from – Clemson, the Darian Kendrick kid coming from Clemson to Georgia, he's coming from ACC yes. to SEC. Yes. He's good to go. Yes. But, you know, you take Eric Gilbert, who came from LSU to Georgia, you take Major Burns, who went from Georgia to LSU, uh, you, you, and, and take guys like Otis Reese from Georgia to Ole Miss. All these guys are anticipating that rule. Alabama took Henry Toakotu from, from Tennessee. Uh, that's not an easy name to say, but he's probably their best player on their roster. Uh, he went from Tennessee to Alabama. So everybody I've talked to, every coach, every person I've talked to behind the scenes thinks that the SEC is going to pass that, that transfer. Uh, you'll be immediately eligible within conference. But everybody else, if you're coming from different conference, you're good to go. Okay, that's, that's what I was uh, getting at. And what do you think the coaches – actually think of this the right uh, lingo rusty is and the right language is hey this is for the athletes and you know we can't hold them back and they, they get more rights here and if they want to go from georgia alabama they can do it but what do the coaches really think um you know here, here, here I, there's so much information out there there's so many different things here's the thing i talk about with all this 
it's so new to everybody. So everybody's kind of learning. You know what I mean? It's the, the situation is all this stuff is being processed. And, you know, I, had a, I did an interview a while ago. Like, how do you know these kids are even going to jail together? They're, they're just bouncing from team to team. So with every question and every interview I get with this, I'm learning too. And, and, and I was trying to process this this afternoon riding home. I think one thing – uh, roster management, man. How you get the right key pieces, but you get the right type of people to come into your team and you know make this roster right. I, I, it's just sitting here thinking about June and how, where we are, and now how wide open it is. This this is crazy. Yeah. Um, last one for you, and he may be on your radar. It's not down south, but it looks like Ohio State has the number one quarterback in 2022. This kid, Quinn yeah. oh, Ewers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Quinn, Quinn Ewers. Oh, yeah, Quinn. you got to yeah. look at this uh, video. If my listeners haven't seen yeah. this, I'm watching this video. How good is this kid, Quinn Ewers, number one QB of the 2022 class? Yeah, this guy's special now. I mean, he's got a special mullet. Uh, he looks like <laughs> Joe Dirt. He looks like Joe Dirt with a cannon strapped to his arm. And, uh, you know, he was at uh, Steve Clarkson, which is the annual, you know, maybe, maybe the top quarterback camp. Have a bunch of college players, the top high school players. Every Memorial Day, they all go out to California, spend three days with him at this big camp, and everybody I talked to was out there was like, "Man, this guy!" And they're and they're and I won't say what NFL team. I'll just leave that out. But there was a couple of high-ranking NFL guys there. They were kind of doing marketing stuff and all that, and they were absolutely blown away that this kid's in high school. Like this guy, um, you know, he's got that flick of the wrist. I mean, it just comes out of his hands so quick. Uh, the ball jumps out of his hand, and you know he was committed to Texas one time, and then he's committed to Ohio State. So, you know, if Texas and Texas A&M, it basically said, look, they just haven't proven uh, they can do it. And right now, I want to, you know, it's just a certain time, and Ohio State's a team that has recruited that state really, really good, and they've got a superstar coming to Columbus. He's got one more year of high school. Uh, but he'll be there in January. This guy, there's, there's a lot of attention going to be on him. Okay, you've seen a lot of kids, Rusty, so I just wanted to say I know videos go viral, and I was watching him. Quinn yeah. Ewers, five-star, yeah. QB1, uh, yeah. committing to Ohio State, but you think he's the real story. It's not just a viral video. No, he's the real deal. He is the real deal. He is a superstar. Um, you know, I covered Trevor Lawrence 20 minutes for me. I've covered Trevor since the eighth grader. Justin Fields was one hour for me. I've seen them all come through this. Uh, this kid is special, and he'll be right in the mentions with all those guys. And barring any type of injury, anything like that, to slow him down, he is on a path to be a superstar at Ohio State. Last one for him. I'll let you run with this. This story out of Texas, this four-star running back, um, he's going to go play for Sarkeesian in Texas but he's yep. decided to skip his senior year of football. We see guys leave in January for spring football, yep. but he's going to skip yep. his senior year of high school football. I've been told there's going to be a lot of pushback with the Texas high school football coaches saying, hey, we can't start this. What do you think the yep. ramifications are going to be? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, you know, I, I think, listen, um, here, here's a guy that's 10 minutes from me, Nick Chubb, and, 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 and watching Nick Chubb and how he handles himself and how he operates. I mean, Nick Chubb carried the ball 300 times a year in high school and never once complained. I mean, he had a lot of carries on him. Uh, you get to college, and that's just where it is. And, you know, I think that's a thing where there's too many people probably. Listen, I'm just speaking from, from the outside and don't have any inside, barely even know the kid. 
So I think there's a lot of people that are talking to him, but I certainly think the the, the coaches and, and the communities and how prideful they are in high school football in the state of Texas, that's not going to be a pattern I think you're going to see much of. And, you know, it's just not a good trend. You know, I understand what he's thinking about, but, you know, he gets to college, he's going to get hit way harder than he's going to get hit in high school. And, you know, and, and they're not going to slow him down in college. I mean, you might get less carries, but it's just a bad precedence. And I, I think that that's something that, you know, I don't know this, and I don't know for sure, but maybe he'll change his mind this summer and go, you know what, because it's a, something about playing your senior year with the kids you've grown up with, that community, that school, and yep. and hopefully he'll, change his, hopefully he'll change his mind and he'll go in. But I don't think it's going to be a pattern. I certainly don't. You don't. Okay. Well, you know, I was wondering about that. Kids started skipping bowl games, and now we hear yeah, the high yeah. school kid start yeah. skipping yeah. his senior year. I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Well, the bowl games now – I think that's a pattern. I think once you're knocked out, you know, these, these guys that are, you know, first, second round projected players, I think they're just going to step away yeah. if they're not in the playoff. That's just Georgia faced it this year. You know, I think they had seven guys that didn't play. Because so they got money on their mind. They got money on their they mind, got like money. real money, well, this right? Kid does, I mean, this kid does too. He yeah. said, you know, he's only got so many carries left in his legs and he doesn't want to, you know, do anything about it. So I don't want to, you know, hurt himself. It's just, it's just not. That's just not the way this game is intended. It's a team sport, and and uh, you know, again, for that young man, I hope he changes his mind and plays. But I'm not as concerned with that because colleges are going to say, "Hey, man, this is not a pattern we need to start either." They're not going to do that. I don't think either. I'm with you, Rusty Mansell. I'm with him on that. 24/7 Sports recruiting analyst. Follow him on Twitter. Good follow, uh, Mansell 247. Rusty, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rusty Mansell on the Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. 24-7 sports lead recruiting analyst from high school to college. Mansell 24-7 on Twitter. That's a good conversation. Man, I could do I could have done the whole show on that. Just keep on talking about recruiting. I mean, that's that's a wheelhouse for me. I love that. I love that. Um little heads up there, Husker fans. Husker football fans. Um, Ohio State has the number one quarterback in the country. This is this kid. So you can find him right now. Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. E-W-E-R-S. So I'll just tell the audience. He's got this video going around of him at a camp this week. I mean, he is slinging it. He is just slinging it. And he's going to Ohio State. Unfortunately. So uh, the road's going to stay tough. Imagine that. 2022 is the class. Uh, listener text coming in. The Barron's Wilson text line, 720-1067 for you. Uh, we were talking about the Bears report that they may get sold. We'll see. That was a report out of the Daily Herald uh, that the Chicago Bears could get sold because of some internal family things going on. I told you about the Broncos story and, and the, the Bolin family and the kids. Uh, listener text. What the last segment of your show has taught me is if you want to maintain a strong family, don't become a billionaire or buy a pro sports team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we all had those problems. You know, see, we don't. our problems aren't as big as we think, right? Well, we all have family uh, issues anyway, and we're not billionaires, so, so there's that. Uh, coming right back with Doug Ottawill, live from Denver, Mile High Sports. Let's break down a lot of stuff with Doug from Denver next. The Nate Brown Show. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals 
better, here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey, Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey, Ed Itchy in Idaho, yes, the Culligan High Efficiency Water Softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Have your softener inspected for peak performance for $39. Go to BlackHillsCulligan.com. Hey, Black Hills, Boss Pizza and Chicken is now bringing you the best new sports bar in Rapid City. Grab your crew and check out the new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar on North La Crosse Street. Same great pizza, chicken, and food you love from Boss, and now a full-service bar with beer, wine, and liquor. Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar is a newly remodeled sports bar with TVs all around and a sports ticker dedicated to local and regional sports. This is the place for sports fans in the Black Hills. The new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar in North La Crosse and Rapid City. They're open early and open really late. Also with delivery at Boss Pizza chicken.com we all know life's busy and if you get sick you can get behind pretty quick that's where black hills urgent care comes in no appointments needed no long waits just fast affordable care to get you feeling better quicker black hills urgent care has two locations in rapid city on haynes avenue and mountain view road you can simply check in online at bhucare.com that's with the letter u bhucare.com when you need care see the team at black hills urgent care the faster way to get better When it comes to protecting your home and your belongings, what works for your neighbor most likely won't work for you. Insurance is personal, and that's why the coverage specialists at Fisher Rounds & Associates work with you to tailor a policy that protects your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions at the most reasonable cost possible. We sweat the small and the big stuff, so you don't have to. That's at your service, at your side. Fisher Rounds & Associates, with offices in Pierre, Mitchell, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, and Watertown. Rapid City, it's Doug Gottlieb. Join me weekdays from 1 to 4, right here on 106.7 FM and 11.50 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. And now let's get you back to the Nate Brown Show, Rapid City's sports talk show. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show on Fox Sports Rapid City, 106.7 FM, 1150 AM. Thanks for listening on the radio and your drive home this Thursday. Maybe you'll check us out there on your phone. Find us on Twitter, live in-studio camera. Live show on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. You can find us there, at Nate Brown Show. Follow us, watch us there, and on YouTube. Subscribe. It's free. It's free 99, okay? It's free. Subscribe to the Nate Brown Show on YouTube. The channel is there. You can watch us on your smart TV, your phone, your tablet, whatever you want. Okay, and it's all archived there as well. Doug Ottawell's on tonight from Denver. MileHighSports.com. Nuggets. Could close it out tonight. They won't. Oh, uh, let's start there. Let's start there. I'm sorry. I'm rooting for the Nuggets. I'm rooting. They. I don't think they're going to get this done tonight against the Blazers. Um, Doug Ottawa joins us. Doug, how are you? I'm good. I, I disagree with you, but by a oh. very small margin. Mm. I think. Uh, I think the Nuggets win tonight because. They better treat this like their game seven. They they don't want to face Dame Lillard in a game seven. I mean, Ball Arena, uh, formerly Pepsi Center, that's like Dame Lillard's favorite court. I mean, he just <laughs> kills it on that. I, I don't want I don't want to see him in a game seven. Um, and I and I don't think any of the Nuggets do either. 
Um, if I'm Mike Malone, I, I am. Uh, I'm telling him, hey, this is your game seven. You don't want to have to come back to Denver. Okay, I caught you. Game. I caught you because you tell him. I, I can sense you're you're just so worried about Damian Lillard coming back to Denver, <laughs> and you're worried as a fan. I caught Doug Ottawa. You're a fan. You're a fan. And that's why I say, oh, they're going to win tonight. They're not. They're not going to win tonight in Portland. And then you got a big problem in Denver. Um, this matchup for the Nuggets, to me. Just really, really tough. I, I just got to say, I mean, Jokic is unreal, but this matchup, really, really tough. And by the way, Nuggets being shorthanded, I think people are overlooking that a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I I thought it would, I actually thought it was going to be tougher, but I've been so impressed with Austin Rivers. Um, yeah. I've been impressed with, um, I mean, obviously, Monty Morris in what little we've seen him in the series, but man, when he came on last game, he was unbelievable um but i think that you know here's the here's the counter and, and yeah i mean who who wouldn't be worried about damien but what <laughs> else can he do i mean is he going to score 62 i mean there the, you know careful i don't yeah it, it, yeah i mean he might but the formula thus far has been let dame be the guy to beat you and to keep the other guys in check, which is yeah. kind of what they've done in all their wins. That's interesting. Um, that, that's what you said. That's the formula. It's interesting. I'm pulling my hair out the other night. I mean, I'm sitting here watching it late into the night, double OT. I'm sitting here. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on, somebody. Say, I, mean, I, I don't care who shoots. I just don't want him shooting. I don't care who shoots. Um, by the way, did they make a big mistake there? Could have fouled him once or twice. Could have fouled him once or twice. Is that on Malone? I think so. I mean, I just... You know, I think there's a lot of credit to be given to Mike Malone for getting the Nuggets to this point, developing a lot of players that are key players right now. But there's a lot of in-game decisions or lack of decisions that I just I question all the time. I mean, whether it's, you know, uh, a, a big run to end the first half and, and not calling the timeout to sort of stop the bleeding or – you know, any number of things that you could have probably done. I mean, look, Dan Miller's hitting shots from 40 feet. I mean, it's not like, um, you know, he was getting easy looks to the basket. I mean, he was doing things that I've honestly never seen any professional athlete do before. Maybe Steph Curry, but yeah, to do, I don't know, not quite. To have that yeah. many shots, to have that many clutch shots in one game, I mean, you don't see that. I mean, so I'll give you this. I'll give you this, Doug. Um, that game was wild, and I thought, oh, they're somehow going to lose this. The Nuggets still pulled it out. So maybe I'll give you, they win a game like that, maybe they can win game six uh, tonight. Maybe they can win game six because Lillard was just unreal. One of the best performances in the NBA history. I mean, that's what we were dealing with there. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a game like that uh, or a performance by an individual like that. I mean, it was. It was something that, um, I mean, I've watched a lot of Nuggets games and nothing has ever been close to that. And, and I think the, the test tonight will be which team sort of stands up. I mean, does a loss like that break Portland's back? Or does Denver look at that and say, look, there is no margin for error. We don't want anything to do with the Game 7 and um, come out firing on all cylinders. I mean, I think the, the way Game 5 played out is should be – uh, what what determines what each team does tonight, and I really think that, I mean, wow! If you're Portland, how do you how do you you know cinch back up and and say, hey, we still got this team? I mean, 
you had the maybe one of the best performances in the history of the NBA, and you still came up short. Um, but that's that's how good Damian Lillard is. So I, you know anything can happen. But you know I, I like I said I think the Nuggets win, but I think it's a a, a very uh, hedged bet. I mean I, it could be a coin flip. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm I got Portland tonight. I'm sorry to tell you, I just burst the Doug Ottawa bubble, um, and I'm pulling <laughs> Nuggets. I mean I'm pulling hard Nuggets. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think the Blazers win it tonight. I pick Portland. Um, let me get your take on this. You know, when it comes down to it, if the Nuggets can get through this team, I feel like the West might be competitive. I mean, all of a sudden the Clippers aren't great. The Lakers aren't what they are. Suns are good, but they're young. I mean, I almost feel like I know there's no Jamal Murray, Will Barton. I mean, these guys are down. I feel like the West could be uh, competitive for the Nuggets if they can get through this series. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that they that they come out of the West and, and into the NBA final. I mean, I don't think that that's a, a lock by any means. But before the but playoffs it's started, I would have right. said right. no. Yeah, I would have said no. They they can't do it without Jamal Murray, uh, LeBron, and AD are still LeBron and AD. Um, but they look uh, like old men right now. I mean, they they're battered. The rest of the Lakers team doesn't have a clue. Clippers look pretty, you know, pretty beatable. I would say this. I mean, the Nuggets drop off from Jamal Murray to the combination of Rivers, Morris, and Campazzo has been smaller than I thought. I thought that, you know, losing Murray was sort of the, you know, the death nail, but I don't know. Those three guys have done a really good job, especially Austin Rivers. I mean, that's I had no idea we were getting that when when he came in and signed a ten day contract. I mean, he was he he was phenomenal. I mean, his, his performance goes kind of unsung in Game Five, given you know the fireworks that everybody else had. But you know, he hit big shots. He played great defense. I mean, it's funny to say he played great defense on a guy that scored fifty five. But you know, he's he, he just seems to me like he's playoff savvy and he's he's a smart player. I mean, he definitely makes good decisions. He understands the game, understands the flow of the game. Um, I think, man, for, for picking a guy up off the scrap heap, I mean, that that was a fine. I don't know if uh, the Nuggets can get through this series. I mean, I'm worried about it. I'm pulling Nuggets hard. Uh, Six o'clock tonight, Nuggets, Blazers. Nuggets win. They close out the Blazers. I don't see it. Doug Ottawa, though, giving us some hope tonight. Uh, MileHighSports.com. And by the way, the Avalanche, we didn't hit on it a lot, but I, I talked to you about it last time. They're up 2-0 against Vegas. I had a listener chime in. He said, hey, they get through Vegas, they're winning the whole thing. This is the only team that can beat them. You buy that? No, absolutely. I mean, that, that's oh. been the talk. You know, Vegas has Vegas has been their juggernaut. I mean, that's that's the hurdle. If they can get by Vegas, I think I don't want to say it's easy because obviously, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen. Anyone can get a hot goaltender, but Vegas has been the one team that's kind of been the who oh, man. That's 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 a tough matchup. And uh, I mean, obviously, last night. It was a tough matchup, but to, I don't see Vegas beating Colorado, you know, four out of five now. Yeah. So I think that uh, I think that you know I, I don't want to say it's a given, but I see him moving on, and, and from there I, you know, you don't want to take the next step lightly. But I think Vegas to me represented the biggest hurdle all along. Avalanche get one last night. I didn't think they were going to get it there, but the Avalanche up two zero on the Vegas Golden Knights. Doug Ottawell in Denver. Enjoy it tonight, man. I hope the Nuggets get it. We'll get you back on. I appreciate it. 
All right. Take you later, Nate. Thanks a lot. Uh, Doug Ottawa, Mile High Sports, live from Denver. MileHighSports.com here on the Nate Brown Show. Find him on Twitter at DOttawa. Oh, Damian Lillard just went off the other night. If you didn't stay up late, I talked to a buddy of mine last night. He said, hey, you know, you've been saying, you know, he's old school. He said, you've been saying check out some NBA games. Just check it out. So I've been checking it out. As you said, the offensive skill power is unreal. And then uh, he said, I watched that Damian Lillard. <laughs> he goes, is that is that how it is every game? Um, not quite, but dang close. 55 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. Not bad. So you like basketball? Um, you want to watch the that game tonight. You, you want to watch some of these games. By the way, LeBron plays tonight. That's the other story. LeBron plays tonight, could get eliminated for the first time ever in a first-round series. That's that's a, that's a big thing, taking on the Suns. LeBron, I know Anthony Davis hurts, and is he going to play? Is he, he's not 100%. If LeBron gets eliminated tonight... That's the first time he's ever lost a first-round series. Is this the beginning of the end for LeBron? Uh, tough stuff. I'm not going to deal with that tonight. I'm not going to dive into that tonight, but it's just something that crossed my mind. 36 years old, okay? Yeah, I, I wonder. I kind of wonder. I mean, he's a, he's a beast, an absolute beast. But you just wonder if this is... Uh, Kind of the tail end where Michael Jordan started to now fade, right? Um, Let's get to the drive at five here on the Nate Brown Show with this. The question of the day today. The audience is just unbelievable because they're wrong. I, I can't believe it. I agree with my audience most of the time. I threw it out on social media I'm going to throw it out to the radio audience. You guys, okay? You can tell me if you're if you're on this. The question of the day, do you believe professional athletes should be required to answer questions from the media? Should they be required to answer questions from the media? Poll results are in. I'll give you my take next. From high school to college to the pros, this is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Physical therapy, athletic training, and sports science all at one place. Physio in Rapid City. Dr. Dan Jensen and his team at Physio are ready to help you perform at your best. From the youth athlete to the active adult, trust the team at Physio. Physio offers the skilled, personalized approach to physical therapy and athletic training. Building the best athletes in the Black Hills as the official strength and conditioning provider for Stevens Central and the Rapid City Rush. Learn more at bhphysio.com. Would you rather walk across hot coals or have poison ivy everywhere? Some choices are lose-lose, but it's all win-win at Taco John's. Choose three chicken street tacos or three chicken soft-shell tacos for just five bucks. Taco John's. Bigger, bolder, better. For even more win-wins, download the Taco John's app for exclusive deals. So technically, that's a win-win-win. KIMM Rapid City and K294BT Rapid City. This is the Black Hills Sports Station, 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. 
Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on the lights. We switch the TV channels. Some of us switch partners while square dancing. Well, that's a stretch. But what's not a stretch is how you can switch and save with State Farm. I'm State Farm agent Scott Carlson right here in Rapid City, and I can switch you over and you can start saving today. Me and my team are ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood. It's easy to switch and save. Just call me, State Farm agent Scott Carlson. Want the real deal? Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Ever since Barron's Wilson Funeral Home first opened their doors in Rapid City 140 years ago, they have continued to make personal service their number one priority. In your time of grief, they offer a personal touch by being at your side through every step of the funeral process. They answer difficult questions and guide you toward other professional services you may need. See for yourself the wide variety of services they can provide for you by visiting their website at barronswilson.com. For nearly 100 years, Connects has been providing the know-how and materials to help their neighbors grow. Through partnerships with builders, homeowners, and contractors, Connect Home Centers have impacted our communities, making them stronger and safer through support of local organizations and neighborhood beautification projects. Improving the quality of life for others is important to us. We are Connect Home Center, your hometown lumberyard lending a helping hand in building our communities since 1928. Hi, it's Colin Cowart. Great to be in the Black Hills. Getting the herd weekdays, 10 to 1, 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. Oh, welcome back in on a Thursday. How you doing? The drive at 5. It's here. We're ready. The Nate Brown Show Live, Fox Sports Rapid City. Glad you're a part of the conversation. Your sports, your show. Yes, Mitch Sherman coming up for the first time. We we haven't had a really good writer covering the Huskers. Husker writer for The Athletic. Uh, we'll talk to Mitch Sherman on the way for the first time. I've followed his career. It does a nice job. We'll talk Husker baseball and a little bit of football. How about that? Baseball. Regional tomorrow. The Husker baseball programs won the Big Ten. Nobody's discussing it, but they won the Big Ten. So we've got to get into that. And then they got hosed with their placement in the regional. So we'll get into it. Mitch Sherman on the way. Matthew Collar's coming up. The Vikings just got ranked. Their wide receiving core. Their wide receiving core. How good is the Vikings wide receiving core in the NFL? They just got ranked. We'll get that and more with Matthew Collar coming up. Uh, for Purple Insider. Uh, question of the day. Let's have some fun with it. Let's see where the audience is at on this topic of should professional athletes be required to answer questions from the media? Should professional athletes be required to answer questions from the media? Here's the vote total. of you say yes, accountability to the fans. 32% of you say yes. That means 68% chiming in today. No, it's a waste of time. Now, here's what we got going. Here's what we got going. I'm just going to think this through. We see media people ask stupid questions on TV, right? (laughs) We... Yeah, nice question, moron. Why'd you ask him that? Ask her that? Whatever. What'd you think he was going to say? Okay. 
That, I think, is the narrative, right? Is that what we got going here? I think that's the narrative. A lot of questions being asked by Tommy McTavish don't make sense. And the audience is like, we don't learn anything when the media is talking to the coaches before they go in at halftime. You know, they're required to do that. Hey, coach, what do you think of the first half? <laughs> what, what adjustments are you going to make for the second half? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you as I go into the, uh, the locker room here in the SEC championship, and Nick Saban's really going to tell you about adjustments for the second half. This is what we have going on, I think, in the sports uh, world is some of the media members have a tough time asking questions, and then some of this stuff is staged, and it's required. And so I think that's what the general public today is telling me is, no, we don't, we're not learning anything. We're not learning anything. I'm going to say, if you have conversations and you have genuine discussions about a program, a team, an organization, a strategy in a game, an approach to a game, a game plan, I think you can learn things. And I think it's important to have faces of franchises, have the brands out there in front of the uh, media for who the fans. The media is supposed to be there trying to get access and questions and analysis for the fans, right? That's who they're, So that's why I threw that in there. Do you believe professional athletes should be required to answer questions from the media? Yes, accountability for the fans. 32% say yes. 68% say no, it's a waste of time. So we're in this spot now of would you do you think that uh, any athletes will get any give any access to anybody if this weren't the case? They wouldn't give access to anybody. And they wouldn't care what you think. I think no, I mean, they wouldn't care. Oh, we pay their salaries. We buy the tickets and we go to the games and watch the TV. Okay, we pay they don't give a rip. Once they reach that level, they don't give a rip about anybody. Uh, a lot of them. About being told what to do? Nobody's going to tell me what to do. You have to tell them what to do. And here's what I say. You know, we talk about employees and following rules of workplaces, right? That's what I touched on before with the kneeling thing and, and being uh, at work and following the guidelines of that organization, right? And it got all political, all this and that. That's really what it came down to for me. And so in this instance, it's in your employee contract that you have to discuss with the media and answer questions. Why? To promote the brand, the organization, your brand, even though they, you know, they think, well, I don't need to promote my brand. The folks that do it right know how to do it. The folks that do it right know how to do it. And the folks that don't want to do it, they just want to stay in the background. They make so much money from the fans. Yes, you do pay their salary. So you have to hold them accountable. Massive dollars, massive investments from fans, paying the salaries of athletes. They need to be held accountable for certain things and at least get an inside picture for, for the fans that, that are connecting with them. Give an inside picture. I believe it's a, and, and when it comes down to it, they're employees of that organization. End of story. It's in your contract. I think 
uh, it'll stay in the contracts because otherwise you're gonna, it's gonna turn into more of this us against them. Then it's the fans who already feel like, well, I don't know if they're hearing our voices. I don't know. Okay, there's already a little bit of that going on right now, and then you separate it even further. No answering questions, this and that. You won't have hardly anybody answering questions from from here on out. If you were to get rid of that contract piece, you have to have it. You absolutely have to have it. Um, Listener text, I think the right to remain silent is a basic right of an American citizen. It is. It is. But not if it's in my workplace contract. Right? That's the difference. That's what I say. It's the right for people to kneel. We, we, everybody's discussed that. It's that I, I was told that it's their right. It is. But in an employee workplace scenario, that's a different scenario. Okay? That's, that's how I see that. That's how I see the professional athletes in the organization. Um, so, yes, it is a basic right. Okay? You don't have to talk to people. <laughs> right? But it's in your contract. It's in your contract. Um, listener text, yes, it's a partnership. The athlete is promoting himself or herself and whatever product, and the journalist is passing on that information to their fans, the readers. Yeah, you got to have it. You got to have it. Uh, quick call. Thanks for getting in. You're live, and you go ahead. Hi, Nate. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? Well, I, I think they should do away with the halftime interviews. I mean, coaches don't want to do that. <laughs> now, want to now get those in. are those are a little different. The in-game stuff, I don't, I don't learn much from those. I mean, and the coaches, especially if they're getting your butt kicked, you want to get in there and make adjustments as soon as possible. If, you know, if you're doing well, obviously you want to get in there and you know, kind of just tell them keep doing what you're doing. But you know, to ask one or two questions in you know a ten or fifteen second. No, those are those are those are a waste of time. I do think that's what people are kind of thinking. Like, hey, some of this stuff is a waste of time. Some of it is. But, then you have, but general press yeah, conferences but, and talking to coaches and players, I think it's important. Yeah, you have know, you know, some of these coaches that are just out and out jerks all the time, like Popovich <laughs> and yeah, Nick Saban. Yes. Nick Saban is kind of another one. Um, but you know, they they do all. You know, there's not. I think that the post game interviews obviously are the most give you the most information. You know, they talk about the game, what they did yep. wrong or right, yep. what, you know, what, you know, who, who did well. And, you know, those are very insightful. And so I, I think those should continue. You know, and I, these players always want to comment on political stuff and run their mouth when they shouldn't <laughs> about political stuff. And then when they don't want to talk, they think, well, they shouldn't have to. Well, we don't want you to listen to your politics either. So No, what I understand. So, <laughs> see, and that's the thing. I think it goes both ways for me. I, I think it goes both yeah. ways. Is hey, you have social media and you have things that you can say, but you also got to talk to the media about this game, this play, this organization, whatever it may be. Your role, I, I think it's important. By the way, you think they should? Uh, can, you think this should be required for colleges too, like the Huskers? I, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, uh, they. Uh State-funded universities, you know, yeah, yeah. And these boosters and fans get a lot of money. Tickets, yeah. concessions, uh, the boosters are, you know. You know but I think it's the same in the pros. Millions. I think it's the same in the pros. I yeah. think you got to do it. I, I do. You got, you got sponsors that are paying a lot of money. You know, we got name sponsors on stadiums. You got 
ads all over the stadium. I think, you know, they have every every right to uh, demand yep. accountability on the part of the, of the players and the coaches. I'm with you on it. I appreciate it. 32%. You're in the 32% now, okay? You joined me in the 32% today that think uh, it should be a requirement. Um, yeah, thanks for, absolutely. Thanks for getting in. Appreciate okay. it. Good to hear from you. No, I, I, I don't think 68% of the folks, this is on social media today and the question of the day, 68% say, no, it's a waste of time. I think that's what hit me. It's like some of these questions are a waste of time, right? We think, oh, that was, uh, what, what do you think? <laughs> Why'd you ask that, right? And then Popovich is going to give you nothing. Nick Saban's going to give you nothing. There is some waste of time stuff. In general, the big picture, universities, okay, university, uh, college sports, pro sports, you got to have it. You just have it's, it's There's investment from fans, donors, uh, supporters, major investments. Not only time, money, a lot of investment there. Some accountability. It's got to be there. Otherwise, you're just going to hear what you think, what the players want to tell you, which isn't much. It's not much. Um, by the way, the only thing I'll say is, as I said, universities got to have it. Pro sports, you got to have it. Got to talk to the media. Got to answer questions. Accountability. I'm a big believer in it. You know, the only thing I'll say, high school, probably not. Probably not. Okay. You, you go down to like high school varsity coaches. Should should they answer questions to the, from the media about their program? I believe they should. Okay, that's one thing for me to say. I get a ton of high school coaches on here, have a lot of great conversations. We really do. It's about promoting the sport, promoting their program, okay? Giving some background to the program. But I don't believe they should be required to. I don't believe they should be required to. I appreciate all the high school coaches that do. I really do. But that's the only one allowed. Like, varsity, yeah, it's serious. We take it serious. But... Uh, that's not necessarily part of the job description. I think most coaches do it, and it's the smart thing to do to promote your sport and your school. Um, but but I'm going to give them uh, a break. Uh, thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Yeah, I think in the real world, everybody's held accountable. And whether it's a Zoom meeting in front of 67 people in your in your company or whether you're on TV and just have to talk about your game, I don't think it's a big deal. I understand that you're frustrated if you have a loss, but if you have a win, you're out there with, you know, the nicest ties and suits and weird hats and stuff like that. <laughs> and by, the, by the way, you just said it, though. Um, we all get held accountable in workplaces, right? I mean, for the most part, right? You have to answer, hey, I did this wrong or I thought this was going to work. It, it's called meetings. It's called evaluations, right? Exactly. Got a quarterly re- review every three months in front of ten people that are going to judge what you're doing and what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. But they just need to, you know. I understand that you're getting paid buku bucks, and I understand people are like, oh, just because they're getting paid doesn't mean they have to. I think that's a bunch of BS. That's the only accountability that's there outside of okay, well, we're not going to renew a contract or we're not going to extend your contract. There is no accountability, essentially, if, if there's not some from the media slash fans, is what I say. If you're not going to hit Twitter, if you're gonna, not going to have your halftime or after game interviews, then you're not allowed to use Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll do, I'll do that as well. That's um, Appreciate it, man. Thanks for getting in. Um, yeah, see, that's where athletes want to go. 
Well, I'm going to speak on my own terms. He's right on that. I'm just going to speak on my own terms. Then you're only going to hear one message. The message they they shape and craft and you know, the, the brand they have and you know, the whole thing. Sometimes uh, you got to answer some tough questions. And sometimes there are dumb questions, I will say. I never ask dumb questions. That's, that's what you... I never ask... All right. Moving on. Mitch Sherman, Husker beat writer for The Athletic. I've got him for the first time. He's a really good writer on the Huskers. They got hosed here. The Husker baseball program got hosed. I'll tell you why next. Your sports, your show. This is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. Dale's Tire and Retreading has been providing quality brands of tires and excellent service to the Black Hills area for over 50 years. Dale's Tire sells tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, agriculture, construction, and more. Dale's Tire has what you need when you need it and offers appointment times to get you in and out faster. See the experts at Dale's Tire and Retreading. Two convenient locations in Rapid City, 691 Deadwood Avenue and 3200 Campbell Street. Dale's Tire and Retreading. Black Hills Community Bank wants you to know that now may be the best time to refinance, purchase, or even build a brand new home. With rates this low, Black Hills Community Bank is well positioned to be your local partner. They are your home loans bank with local originators, underwriting, processing, and closings. They challenge themselves to close every loan on time. This may be the time to think about home ownership or refinancing. With Black Hills Community Bank in Rapid City and Spearfish. Online at bhcbank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender. Here at Pizza Ranch, we owe a debt of gratitude to our Swedish friends for bringing the buffet to America in 1939. Unfortunately, they called it the smorgasbord, which is, let's just say, a unique word. But we liked the idea so much, we started our own buffet and loaded it up with pizza, chicken, sides, salads, and our one-of-a-kind cactus bread. And then we made it even better by letting you request the pizza you want on the buffet every time you visit. We call it Buffet Your Way, because smorgasbord your way, well, that doesn't rhyme at all. Pizza Ranch. Mm-mm. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. stuff tonight. Good stuff tonight on the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show. Glad you're here. Hope you're having a solid day. Warm one today. I like it. A little hot? I like it. We live in South Dakota, man. You gotta take it when you can get it. Take it when you can get it. Enjoy it. June 3rd. 80s. We hit 90 today. I don't know. I've been wearing shorts for two months. I've been wearing shorts for three months. I'm just tough like that. Feels good. The Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. The radio audience is really strong here tonight with thinking that athletes need to answer questions from the media. So the radio audience is getting the text line here, some some reaction saying, yes, athletes should be required to answer questions from the media. That's the radio audience tonight. Our social media followers have said no. What's that tell you? That's interesting. Younger people, maybe, on social media? Nah, they don't need these old, crusty journalists. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Radio audience tonight says, 
Yeah, athletes should answer the questions in our question of the day. Um, the social media audience or followers say, no, they shouldn't be required to do that. I say yes. Guys like Mitch Sherman are working the beat. Man, he's a good writer. First time we've had him on. I've followed him uh, a while. The Athletic, Husker writer. Um, find him on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. If you don't follow him, do that, at Mitch Sherman. And Mitch joins us on the Nate Brown Show talking Huskers. Mitch, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, Nate. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. So, uh, by the way, you know, we're all biased because we're the media and some people like us, some people don't. Um, My question is, do you believe professional athletes should be required to answer questions from the media? Um, I'll even throw in college athletes. You cover the Huskers or or Scott Mm -hmm. Frost, coaches like this. Do you believe this should be a requirement? For professional players, I mean, you know, look, asking the media this question is kind of loaded. <laughs> our jobs are somewhat dependent, at least uh, being able to do our jobs well, are dependent on talking to athletes and coaches. Yeah, I mean, I think coaches absolutely at, at, at the college and pro level, mm-hmm. um, pro athletes in just about every case, yeah. Uh, I mean, if a guy's hurt, I, I, you know, I understand he's going he's gonna to get the day off from that. But, yeah, I mean, look, pro athletes are paid huge amounts of money because of the fans who attend these games and buy merchandise and watch on television. And the way that the fans get their information is through the media. So you're talking to the fans when you talk to the media. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm on board with uh, pro athletes having, having uh, reasonable requirements. College athletes, not so much. Now, maybe this name, image, and likeness conversation that we are mm. um, already well into and about to uh, go go uh, you know full deep uh, man overboard uh, into this this summer. Maybe that changes it a bit, and you know maybe that, maybe that 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 even changes the the the, um, the thought in the in the in the, the opinions of the college athletes themselves. Their their visibility. And, and their uh, popularity with fans is going to, in a lot of ways, determine their value in the NIL world. So yeah, yeah. You, may, you may find some who want to communicate through the media and see it to be a profitable thing, and, and others who just you know, use that social media um, medium that they have to, uh, to get rich as college athletes. That's interesting. I wanted your take on it. Um... You're covering the Huskers, and, and I want to get into this story. There's people, okay, it's Husker football 100% of the time. Well, here's this Husker baseball program. This Husker baseball program goes 31-12. and 12. They win the Big Ten, and now they're getting set for the NCAA Regional, and they get to number one Arkansas, a team that could win the whole thing. Um, was this a Big Ten slight to put Nebraska in this regional, or was this an NCAA, hey, it costs less money to get Nebraska there and Michigan to Notre Dame? Yeah, it was a Big Ten uh, situation that caused that caused this. The NCAA had to work with the data and the criteria that it was dealt, and the Big Ten made a decision back in the winter to strip these teams of the ability to play non-conference games. And, you know, I recognize we were in a different place in our country in January and February when these decisions had to be made. Um, But the Big Ten was not flexible about this. And it ended up being the only major uh, college conference to go this direction. Um, Much like we saw with football in the fall, the Big Ten went its own way early 
and perhaps thinking others would join. That didn't happen. I don't know that anyone was going to follow the Big Ten with its decisions on baseball. The SEC clearly leads the way in that sport. So, And it was always going to play non-conference games. Non-conference games are so important for the selection committee to be able to decipher what's different about a team from the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 or the ACC. Um, you need to have that, that outside criteria, that cross-pollination um, to have comparable opponents, and the Big Ten did not have that. It was the only league that did not have that data, that criteria. So no surprise okay. that those teams were slighted when it came to, uh, to seeding the tournament, and Nebraska, champs of the Big Ten, as you said, 31-12, and 12, great season, uh, a, a winning team in Lincoln to, to, uh, for the fans to cheer for, which has not been the case in these men's sports in recent years. And they get uh, they get a formidable draw starting tomorrow in Fayetteville. So, so you think it was a Big Ten problem not playing the non-conference? But from a cost standpoint, is it accurate that well, like Michigan gets to go to Notre Dame, right? Michigan, mm-hmm. they're they're close by. Nebraska gets thrown into the the Wolves there with Arkansas, number one seed. Is that because of the cost standpoint of this? You're still chartering a plane. Um, you, you know, if you send Nebraska to, uh, say, Arizona or to, um, you know, to, to the East Coast, um, does it cost more to, to have them travel there? Uh, you know, marginally, yes, but, um, you know, not enough that, that I would say this is, this is entirely a cost thing okay. on the part of the NCAA. Look, look the, the, the three and the four, there's four seeds per regional, 16, 14 regionals. you got Nebraska and Arkansas. And Fayetteville is the closest region geographically to Lincoln. So, yes, you can look at it that way. The other two teams coming in, the lowest, the two lowest-seeded teams are Northeastern uh, from Massachusetts and the New Jersey Institute of Technology, which I learned on Monday when the seeds were announced as a baseball program. <laughs> uh, they, they are coming from far away. This is not a cost thing in bringing those two, those two schools to Fayetteville. So if they can travel across the country – and so can your Big Ten champs if that's really what you're looking at is cost. Husker baseball opens against Northeastern tomorrow night and uh, in the Fayetteville region. Arkansas is a really good program. We'll see how this plays out, Mitch, but i got to say, how big of an accomplishment was this for the Husker baseball program? They weren't even picked to be in the top six in the coaches' poll and uh, head coach Will Holt. How big is this for the program? Yeah, it's it's uh, fantastic, and it brings back some of uh, some of the glory. Now, now, I mean, you have an interesting storyline in, in Arkansas, and that Dave Van Horn, the longtime Arkansas coach, he built the Nebraska program in the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, took Nebraska to its first two College World Series, and Will Bolt, um, who's in his first full season as the coach at Nebraska, was Dave Van Horn's first recruit at Nebraska, and part of that recruiting class that helped turn that program around from being a bad Big 12, Big 8 program to the best program or as good as Texas, uh, in, in, at least in conference play in that league, won a bunch of conference titles. So the student against the teacher, uh, if Nebraska and Arkansas are to meet in the winner's bracket on Saturday night in Fayetteville. Yeah, this is a, this is a fun weekend. Mitch Sherman covering it. Husker baseball, 31-12. and 12. They get set for Northeastern first tomorrow. Um, really, really good season. Find Mitch on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman, uh, the athletic Husker writer. Mitch, it's good to get you on. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Mitch Sherman tonight on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City. Husker writer for The Athletic. Does a great job. Find him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Um, this storyline, to me, was too hard to find. Too hard to find. What do I mean by that? College baseball is one of those sports that you got to really get into it. I mean, you got to really look and you got to get specific to the teams to find this story, that story. I mean, the NCAA baseball committee, there was no mention of this thing on Monday. I mean, there, you know, we're sitting here releasing the teams on Memorial Day. We're, we're releasing the field of teams for the NCAA baseball tournament on Memorial Day. And so I don't, you know, I'm not going to find the answers tonight, but want to talk about marketing, want to talk about branding, want to talk about uh, developing programs and making it a national story. College baseball is tough. They are in it. I mean, this is a story. Nebraska, right close by, this is a Husker baseball program that's pretty proud, man. This is a pretty proud program. This is an interesting story. 31-12, and 12, Will Holt, the head coach, now taking on potentially Arkansas here Saturday. Arkansas, number one, could win the College World Series there in Omaha. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. We, we may have to get into that. Why is college baseball, why do they have this issue? It's not, it's not the only uh, sport that has certain issues, but college baseball from a national attention, it's, it's tough. It's tough until the College World Series. Then it, gets, then it gets pretty interesting, right? Pretty interesting. You're checking out games. and I'm going to follow this story. The Huskers, 31-12. and 12, They weren't even picked to do well. Weren't even picked to do well. And uh, they're in the NCAA tournament. Tough draw against Arkansas potentially coming up Saturday. First, they have to beat Northeastern. Northeastern, 36-10. and 10. That game's tomorrow night. Uh, the Huskers, their first Big Ten regular season title under Bolt's leadership. All right, coming right back with Matthew Collar, Vikings writer for Purple Insider. Where does the Vikings receiving core stack up in the NFL? The rankings just came out. The Vikings wide receivers, Thielen, Justin Jefferson. How good are the Vikings wide receivers compared to the NFL? We'll get into that more next. This is the Nate Brown Show. The doctors and staff at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center have provided expert bone, joint, and muscle care to patients in the Black Hills area since 1976. Whether you're an elite athlete, a weekend warrior, or just want to continue your active lifestyle, the orthopedic experts at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center will help you stay in the game. Don't let an injury keep you from doing the things you love. Trust the team at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center, specializing in what moves you. Learn more at bhosc.com. Consumers everywhere are rediscovering the benefits of buying locally produced food. Not only is it fresher, tastier, and more nutritious, it's also good for the local economy. And did you know the Village Hearth hamburger and hot dog buns you love are baked right here in the Midwest? With three state-of-the-art facilities, freshly baked buns are delivered every day to your neighborhood grocers. Village Hearth Buns. Baking our best for you. 
Looking for a great place for a pregame meal that really satisfies? Or maybe you want a place to take your all-star after the game. Or you're looking for a place to enjoy a delicious meal while watching your favorite team on the big screen TV. Valley Sports Bar and Grill has all the bases covered for all those things and more. Top-notch, friendly, and attentive service. Wall-to-wall big screen TVs with all the big games. And the absolute best wings in Rapid City. Valley Sports Bar. Make it your place. 1865 Valley Drive. Rapid City. I in 200, 200 and a quarter, 200 to be at 20, I'm going to get 250 here, no 75, 275, now three. Hi folks, Kevin McPherson, McPherson Auction Company. We can turn your property to cash. We can sell your personal property and your real estate at auction. A family business for 64 years and counting. We've sold several millions of dollars in property over the years. We're happy to consult with you on your auction plans. Let our selling experience work for you. Call McPherson Auction, 605-348-1369. Visit us on our web at McPhersonAuction.com. There can be no doubt, losing a loved one is always difficult. At O. Simon Schmidt Funeral Home, we strive to meet your emotional needs with compassion, kindness, and understanding. The caring staff at O. Simon Schmidt Funeral Home recognizes the importance of celebrating a life that was lived with dignity, respect, and professionalism. Serving local families in their special time of need for generations. O. Simon Schmidt Funeral Home, Rapid City. Phone 343-0077 or visit Schmidt. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Well, we're live on Fox Sports Rapid City weekdays 4 to 6. The Nate Brown Show, glad to have you here. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we appreciate that. Your sports, your show. The podcast always available. FoxSportsRapidCity.com. Catch the Nate Brown Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you miss the show live, Matthew Collar is on tonight. Vikings writer, PurpleInsider.com. Great site. If you haven't hit it, hit it. PurpleInsider.com. We got a few months before the season. Well, a couple months, actually. Football will be here before I know it. Matthew Collar here on the Nate Brown Show. Find him on Twitter at Matthew Collar. Matthew, how are you tonight? I am doing good, man. It's uh, It finally really feels like summer here. It does here, too. A little warm. we got to feel good. Got to feel good. Um, I'm going to ask you about this story right out of the gate and what you thought of it. Carolina Panthers releasing video from their draft night, uh, which said, okay, the Vikings were calling them. The Vikings were calling them, trying to get up to number eight, potentially to take Justin Fields there. What's Matthew Collar's take on that? Well, first of all, I can't imagine the Vikings were super happy that the Panthers put out this video of them trying to trade up, which has you know, been reported, like you said, for a quarterback, so I'm sure that getting kind of outed like that and also really not giving them a substantial offer. I mean, uh, not including a next year's first-round pick or you know more, more draft capital, I, I think was a, a little surprising if that's what you're trying to do, um, that you know it seemed like Rick Spielman was really trying to win the trade uh, rather than go get the player he was trying to get. So does that mean they were not 
really all in on the idea of Justin Fields, but thought, like, let's just try anyway? Or, I mean, like, why try if that's something you really didn't want? I, I don't know. I guess I, it leaves me with more questions than answers. I mean, I, I think it's clear that they wanted Justin Fields, but they weren't willing to sell the farm for him, which gives me even more questions about, like, why not? I mean, if you are thinking of moving on from Kirk Cousins and you want a more mobile quarterback, uh, good luck finding a better prospect than Justin Fields at, at that point in the draft, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who absolutely dominated college football, huge arm, 4-4-40. Um, you know, if the Vikings are halfway decent this year, which they should be, it's going to be really tough to get your future quarterback if you want to move on from Kirk Cousins eventually. So that was kind of your shot to do so. And, and then they end up drafting a quarterback in the third that doesn't have a particularly high chance to succeed. So I, I don't know. I think this is one of those drafts where we're going to look back and go, if Justin Fields becomes a superstar for the Bears, that was a guy you could have had if you had made that offer a little bit better, and maybe that will go under a classic Viking regret. Here's uh, what I think for the Vikings. Okay, they would stick with Kirk Cousins for the year, right? And then Fields would have been ready two years. Isn't that the take, if that's the way they were going to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that would have just made so much sense. And I I guess that's why I wonder why they weren't more aggressive with the offer. Um, and, And look, you know, if you trade next year's first and Justin Fields becomes great, you'll never miss it. You know, you'll just never regret it if if you add in that extra first round pick like the Bears decided to do when they ultimately traded up to get Justin Fields. And and I think that this model that, um, you know, people talked about with Aaron Rodgers for a long time, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for a couple of years. And, you know, obviously that happened with Patrick Mahomes again. I think that it still works. I I think it's a good plan to have somebody who is a high end prospect, not have to be thrown to the wolves right away, get a year on the bench and, and then eventually take over as the starter. And you think about where the Vikings roster is right now, I don't think it's a roster that's ready to compete for the Super Bowl, but they've had so many draft picks over the last couple of years. It could be, right, as they're kind of transitioning. uh, That would be the perfect time to have a young quarterback so that the field's idea of drafting him, sitting him for a year, it makes so much sense that I guess I just wonder what was the holdup. And I think the holdup was the job statuses of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, that they feel like if they don't have a good year this year, that you know, it could be uh, dunzo for them, and they would never get a chance to even coach uh, Justin Fields or something. And I, and I think they were kind of motivated to give it a try to get a quarterback, but if they couldn't rip somebody off, they'd rather fill that spot at left tackle. PurpleInsider.com Vikings writer Matthew Collar on tonight. That was a wild story. And then, you know, as a Broncos guy here, I was saying, we needed Justin Fields, and, and we had him, but we didn't even take him. So I guess you can put us in a category as well, Matthew. But um, we didn't even try to get him. Uh, I'll put this out there. Vikings take Kellen Mond. What does this mean for him? You said, well, third round. I mean, if you're going after Fields, but now they're like, well, we'll try this guy. It seems like he puts him in a different category. Yeah, I mean, I think Kellen Mond is much more of a, I don't know, like a lottery ticket. I mean, when you look at the percentages of you know chances that your first-round quarterback will hit, maybe it's like, you know, two out of every five become pretty good franchise quarterbacks. Some become legends in the first round. Second round, there's a handful of guys that work out. Uh, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, there's some guys who become quite good. After the third round, I could think of Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, um, but that's out of 
you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of third, fourth, fifth round quarterbacks who have been drafted who mostly never become anything. So the odds are extremely against you when it comes to drafting someone in the third round. Even though I think there are things to like about Kellen Mond as a prospect, I think he's physically gifted, he's fast, he's got a strong arm, um, but this is not a guy who put up big numbers at you know, Texas A&M. Um, he certainly has some shortcomings to his game. Right now, he's the fourth quarterback on the Vikings depth chart. So this is not a situation where we're saying, oh, they drafted the, the next starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. It's more of, I mean, if the guy becomes something and ends up starting for you, then I guess that's, that's good that you could uh, move on from Cousins and, and move on to a very cheap quarterback who's got more mobility. But the odds just seem very low um, of that happening. So that leaves you sort of in limbo for the future of you know, maybe you will end up with Kirk Cousins again long-term, or maybe you won't. And so even though they drafted a quarterback not much feels really different to me. Matthew Collar on tonight. I want to go to this really quick. Uh, PFF put out their rankings here. That's uh, It's this time of year. The rankings for the wide receiver core. Best wide receiver core. Vikings get in at number five. Thielen Jefferson. I mean, there's not much after that, so that tandem must be the best duo in the NFL. Does it get them to number five? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they are the best duo in the NFL. I mean, you know, you look at Adam Thielen last year, and, and he was a touchdown machine, even though his targets were down from some of his bigger years in 2017 and 2018, and is just as just as good and just as effective and just as highly graded by PFF and just as good deep and intermediate as uh, he's ever been. I don't think he showed any signs of aging last year. And then Jefferson is just an instant superstar. I mean, if you, I, I think if you were talking about players to build around in the entire NFL, non-quarterbacks, like if you did a whole draft of players to build around, I mean, isn't Justin Jefferson one of the top guys you're drafting? I mean, someone who has already established himself as a superstar in the league by his first season. I mean, it's not often that you start hearing you know, Randy Moss's name come up when you're talking about performances from rookie wide receivers. But I think you add those two together, and, and yeah, I think you have the best deal. The issue for me is, what if one of them you know, gets a, a hangnail or something and has to yeah. miss a couple yeah. games? I mean, it's just... You know, this team has really ignored, uh, really, the entire time Kirk Cousins has been here, flat-out ignored the backup receiver positions. A couple of years ago, they were playing B.C. Johnson when Adam Thielen got hurt. Uh, last year, Thielen had to sit out a game, and it was B.C. Johnson and Chad Beebe. I mean, I just, I've never really understood why they haven't decided to beef that receiving core up more. Yeah, I'm with you on that. A number three option uh, hasn't emerged. A number three option hasn't emerged for the Vikings at wide receiver. But they are ranked by PFF, number five wide receiver core uh, in the NFL. Those two guys are really good. Matthew Collar on tonight, Vikings writer, purpleinsider.com, live from the Twin Cities. Matthew, enjoy the week, man. Thanks a lot. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Matthew Collar, one of the best. Find him on Twitter, at Matthew Collar. A follow there for Vikings fans, Purple Insider. Com. Let's take a look at the PFF wide receiver rankings. Let's take a look. Vikings wide receiver core, number five in the league. Your Denver Broncos come in at number six. Number six best wide receiver core in the NFL is your Denver Broncos. My Denver Broncos. I thought we just had the best defense. The best edge rushers. So you're telling me this defense is going to be off the chain and that we got the number six wide receiver core? I mean, they have potential. 
I don't want to sound too cynical here. They have potential. Cortland Sutton, we didn't see enough. He, he got hurt. Can Cortland Sutton come back after the big injury? Cortland Sutton's the real deal, I think. Okay? Can he come back after the injury? Jerry Judy has to be better. I was a believer in that pick. Jerry Judy has to be better. Uh, K.J. Hamler out of Penn State, he's got to pick it up too. More, you know, He's a good slot guy. He should be a good slot guy. But you're trying to tell me, number six best wide receiver core. I think that I think they're looking at the potential. Sutton, Judy, K.J. Hamler. Should be playmakers. Should be playmakers. Got to prove it. Got to prove it. Number one best wide receiver core in the NFL. Who is it? PFF says today, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. Chris Godwin. Um, you got A.J. Brown. Or I should say Antonio Brown. Mike Evans, is that number one? I don't think Antonio Brown's much anymore. But Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, pretty darn good. Antonio Brown is, is I mean, he's, he's an all-timer. I just don't think he is what he has been. Number two, best wide receiver core, your Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. And number three on the list, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, led by Tyreek Hill. And a tight end catch, uh, pass catcher, big time. He's a wide receiver, Travis Kelsey. Coming back with who's hot and who's not. You don't want to miss this next. We're right back with it. Rapid City sets a record. Rapid City sets a record. I got to tell you, it's in my who's hot. Did a sports event contribute to this? That's next. You're listening to the only live and local sports talk show in the Black Hills. The Nate Brown Show on FoxSportsRapidCity.com and live on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Here at Pizza Ranch, we appreciate innovations in food delivery, like how the ancient Italians used to slingshot hot meals to hungry Romans on the go. And while we appreciate the creativity, it turned out to be, well, a little messy. So we found a better way to bring you our legendary pizza, the country's best chicken, and our one-of-a-kind cactus bread. Just place your order online, on the phone, or on our app, and then pick it up or have it delivered right to your door. All nicely packaged in clean, sturdy, non-flying boxes. No catching necessary. Pizza Ranch. Mmm, Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back. You stick around for the good stuff, right? You stick around for the good stuff. We end the show with who's hot and who's not brought to you by the Pizza Ranch on Fox Sports Rapid City. The Pizza Ranch serving up the new wings. If you haven't tried them, you got to hit them. Carry out or delivery only on the wings, traditional or boneless. Try them out tonight. PizzaRanch.com. Remember, PizzaRanch.com for the best wings and the best buffet in Rapid City. It's open daily, 11 to 8, two locations in Rapid City. Boy, Rapid City saw a record. It's in my who's hot category. How about this? A record setting the sales tax receipt record. What does this mean? Man, we're buying stuff. We're spending money. Visitors coming to the Black Hills spending money. You love to see it. You love to see it for our local economy. So Rapid City set a record sales tax receipt number in March. And we were up to May. I heard Memorial Day weekend was massive. Okay. This sets up to be a good summer 
uh, it sure looks that way. We already set a record for sales receipts, uh, sales tax receipts in March. In March, and I was trying to think, what do we have going in March? I, I know people were kind of picking it up, but we also had the state basketball tournament. I think that helps a little bit, right? State basketball. I mean, all this stuff contributes. I don't think state basketball sent us over the edge, but all that stuff contributes. We had the AA tournament uh, here in town. The last time Rapid City set a record was 2019. 2019, of course, before the big mess. And now Rapid City's March, a record-setting sales tax receipt number. I'll take it. In our Pizza Ranch Who's Not category, I don't know why, the USFL is coming back. You know, the USFL, before the merger with the NFL, you had the USFL and even Steve Young played in the USFL. I mean, there, there was kind of it, it was kind of a real thing. There's, I've told you this before. Nothing will take down the NFL. You can keep trying with this and that and whatever else. The USFL is going to launch next year. More spring football. <laughs> oh, this is going to work. The XFL. The XFL times two. The spring league. It's not going to work. I just don't think anything will work. NFL is king. Good luck to the USFL. My football dreams may still be alive. Coming back tomorrow on a Friday. We'll see you here on the Nate Brown Show at 4. I'll send you to the Odd Couple.